0: chapter fourteen of dr quintard chaplain c s a and second bishop of tennessee by charles todd quintard this liberbox recording is in the public domain chapter fourteen personal narrative the close of the war from columbus i made my way as best i could with my family to atlanta where i was the guest of my friend mr richard peters the affairs of the confederacy its armies its political organization had all come to naught general thomas and his army had effected a junction with general grant cavalry infantry and artillery completely surrounded the confederate forces whose supply of ammunition was nearly exhausted overwhelming circumstances compelled the capitulation of general lee at appomattox court house on sunday april ninth eighteen sixty five a few days later occurred the assassination of president lincoln and that event was followed by the proclamation offering a reward for the apprehension of jefferson davis and certain other persons not as the chief actors in the recent war but as participants criminists in that atrocious crime in my stay at atlanta i was brought somewhat in touch with the march of events on the twentieth of may the hon ben hill was brought to atlanta he had been an intimate friend of president davis and was a man of fine intellect he bore himself nobly in the then depressing state of affairs i had a long and most interesting conversation with him mr mallory who had been secretary of the confederate navy seemed to take a pessimistic view of the situation and told me that his greatest regret was that he had spent four years of his life in working for a people unfit for independence major general howell cobb although a paroled prisoner of war was brought into atlanta under guard probably to accompany mr hill and mr mallory to washington i had half an hour's conversation with him he told me that he had no regrets for the past so far as his own conduct was concerned for he was willing to let his record stand without the dotting of an i or the crossing of a t that he felt that the future had nothing in store for him that he was willing to submit to the united states and that he had no desire to escape from the united states officers indeed said he were there now two paths before me one leading to the woods and the other to the gallows i would rather take the latter than compromise my self-respect by attempting to escape on sunday the twenty-first of may i officiated in the central presbyterian church atlanta there was an immense congregation present it was made up of about an equal number of federals and confederates before beginning the service i made a brief address in which i expressed my view as to the duties of all true men in the then present condition of the country i said that every man should do his utmost to heal the wounds and to hide the seams and scars of the fratricidal war that had just closed i told the congregation that i would not use the prayer for the president of the united states at that service simply because it had not yet been authorized by the bishop of the diocese whose ecclesiastical jurisdiction in the matter i recognized i then proceeded with the service a few evenings later major e b beaumont adjutant-general on major-general wilson's staff took tea with us he was from wilkes bar pennsylvania and an intimate friend of mr Peters' relatives in that state as soon as he reached macon he wrote to mr peters requesting him to call on him for any assistance he might be able to render he was then on his way home on thirty days leave he was a graduate of west point and like all from that institution with whom i was ever brought in contact a gentleman from him i heard the federal side of the story of the columbus fight i appreciated more than ever how utterly absurd was the attempt on the part of the confederates to defend the place we had but a handful of untrained militia and a squad of veterans from the hospitals against thirteen thousand of the best disciplined and best equipped troops of the federal army from atlanta i started for nashville accompanied by my family and my friend mr peters who was most anxious to get to philadelphia the railroad between atlanta and chattanooga had been destroyed but had been rebuilt as far south as kingston georgia i found an old friend the engineer in charge of the work of construction who gladly received us into his coach and provided us with abounding hospitality as there was considerable difficulty in getting through chattanooga i called upon the federal commander at kingston and asked him if he would kindly facilitate my movements i handed him my passport upon which he endorsed his name and asked me to hand it to an officer in an adjoining room the latter to my surprise provided me with free passes to nashville arrived at nashville i was very cordially received at the residence of my friend colonel harry this was on a friday the next day the rev w d harlow then in charge of christ church called upon me i said to him in the course of our conversation i shall be glad to take part with you in the services to-morrow for the hall used by my congregation previous to the war had been taken by the military in eighteen sixty two and converted into barracks and my congregation was scattered perhaps you had better not he said and pray why not i asked the authorities might not like it he replied very well i rejoined if they do not like it let them come and arrest me i shall not object in the least i learned subsequently that he had called upon general parkhurst of michigan then provost marshal of nashville informed him of my arrival and asked him if i would be permitted to officiate ah replied the general has the doctor returned where does he officiate i shall be glad to attend his services later i was called upon to visit the general's wife in sickness and i found myself very busily engaged in visiting the sick and wounded of the federal forces at nashville and in burying their dead for weeks i was in constant attendance in the hospitals and in camp gradually i began to realize that i had been unconsciously converted from a confederate to a federal chaplain when i decided to take my family to new york i was waited upon by a committee of federal officers the chairman of which made a touching address and asked me to accept a purse of gold in token of the high appreciation in which my services had been held by the federal officers in nashville i need hardly say that i was both surprised and gratified in those days the railways were in charge of military conductors the coaches were greatly crowded and it was difficult to obtain seats but general parkhurst came to my assistance sent his adjutant to the railway station to secure seats for me and my family and placed a guard over them thus my family made a very comfortable journey on reaching new york i was most cordially received by my friend the rev dr morgan rector of st thomas church and was invited to preach for him the following sunday his was therefore the first church in the north in which i preached or held service of any kind after the war I returned to tennessee on the first of september eighteen sixty five and on the sixth of that month a special convention of the diocese met in pursuance of the call of the standing committee to elect a bishop to succeed bishop otey who had died in april eighteen sixty three the convention met in christchurch nashville on the second day the convention proceeded to the election and in the afternoon of that day the president of the convention the rev dr pease announced that the clergy by an almost unanimous vote had nominated me for that high office the laity retired to consider the nomination and soon returned and reported that they had ratified the same the president thereupon announced that i had been duly elected bishop of the diocese of tennessee with my consecration in st luke's church philadelphia in the presence of the general convention of the protestant episcopal church in the united states of america on wednesday the eleventh of october eighteen sixty five i felt that the war between the states Was indeed over. End of chapter fourteen.